every week. Right. Okay, we're recording, so I guess I should have said something about that. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I guess this is episode two of this DNR spotlight thing, and uh, I'm Dave here again, here with Rob, a theatrical Scott. Rob, I don't know why you called theatrical Scott. By the way, theatrical Scott. Um, I came up with that one when I was looking for a username back in. Well, I'd actually returned to college in 2003, four, sometime around then. And um, yeah, it's kind of my, I was one of the early adopters of Facebook because I think our college was like the fourth or fifth one to get it. Um, and I needed a, I needed a screen name to play Scrabble on Facebook back in the day. So that was, that was what it was. I was doing a theater program at the time and I was Scottish. So. Okay, that totally makes sense. You know, until right this moment, I never linked the Scott part to the fact that you were Scottish. Yeah, a lot of people think it's because my name is Scott, which really confused people at first. But I'm like, no, yeah. Scott as a name has two T's. <laughs> I, I also think there's the thing where everybody that joins the Discord thinks you're the other Rob. For a there while. is, yeah, that is is problematic. <laughs> not for too long, usually, because it's pretty obvious that I'm not Rob as soon as anyone talks to me. So, yeah, that's true. So, okay, uh, we're gonna do kind of the same thing that um, I did with Steve, which is I sent you a bunch of questions, and hopefully you thought about those a little bit, just so mm -hmm. this doesn't take forever. And we'll just kind of burn through these, and then this will show up on YouTube at some point, probably. All right, awesome. Yeah tomorrow i hope so uh yeah so first off just uh when and how did you find uh, dungeons and randomness well the when was the summer of 2017 um like late july i think and for the longest time i couldn't remember exactly how i found it but i was giving some thought to that and i think what happened was that a friend of mine recommended adventure zone to me and I didn't even know that D&D podcasts were a thing at that point. So I, I listened to a couple episodes of Adventure Zone and it was okay, but it didn't really capture my attention that much. And so I just did a search for D&D podcasts and tried out a few and DNR was the one that uh, really hooked me. Um, although I did, I, I ignored the advice that is given in the first episode, in the intro to the first episode, and I started at episode one. And about 30 minutes in, I was like, eh don't know about this but then i went straight to the beginning of arc two and got hooked on that episode and eventually went back and listened to arc one so yeah that i guess about august i started listening to arc one of 2017 and i absorbed it all by january yeah i think that i think that's a story that if i interviewed like everybody on the discord we'd probably hear something pretty similar to that yeah uh, like over and over again i i'd like to find somebody at some point that was around for like arc one early early arc one. i know i was so but, hooked on it that i was like so frustrated when i was listening the first time through because i was like oh man i missed this uh audition for the show by like three years or i missed the first kickstarter completely and yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's a thing so okay um i guess this was here. I, the second question was, at what point did you get hooked on the show? So you're talking about early arc two? Is that... Yeah, I think, I'm trying to think if there was a, an actual moment that hooked me. I think really early on in arc two, it really piqued my attention was that very first episode of arc two when Donovan 
kissed the bandit on the cheek. And uh, that was the first thing that kind of made me sit up and take notice. And I was like, oh, this is a little different. Um, but I think really it was the the two meals at the Pounce and Claw that kind of got me hooked because that was so different and so kind of out of what I would expect from a D&D podcast. And clearly this was a like deeply thought out world at that point that I was like, okay, I need to go back and listen to the early stuff. Uh, yeah. And I was absolutely hooked at that because when I went back, I actually started at... Uh, just after the treaty being signed as they headed north towards Drock's tomb. And then like three or four episodes after that, around 16 or 17, I was when I was completely hooked and I basically did nothing for the next few months other than listen to DNR. Yeah, I I had an experience like that too, uh, running around with headphones on in the house, like mm-hmm. three hours a day, just jamming in all of the arc well, episodes I've missed. So. At the time with my job, I was basically sitting in front of a computer eight hours a day um, and nobody disturbed me in my office. The phone never rang. So I was able to just sit and binge listen eight hours a day for five days a week. And it was it was the best. So. Yeah, I think I was ultra marathon training. So I was like running all the time. I was like, well, what's, <laughs> what's better? And you don't have to run fast for an ultra yeah. marathon. You just have to run for hours and hours. So I was like, yeah, let's just listen to hours of this. So Exactly. And I eventually did go back and listen to episodes one through 11 or whatever it was um, for context. Um, and those were a lot easier to take, I think, once I already was familiar with the show. So I always recommend to new people that they start sometime later on, but go back and listen to, well, you at least you have to listen to episode six at least once for Duncan's death and um, various other things in there. Yeah, I think, like you said, starting at arc two, like you can see there's all the stuff that's built behind it and there's mm-hmm. all these little things that are there and you really want to go back and listen, but I don't know. The show is a lot different. We're going to talk about that. So yeah. Um, okay, so do you have a particular story arc that is your favorite part of the show? Is it arc one? Is it arc two? Oh. Um, I would say overall I prefer arc two. I think they've kind of found their groove a bit. And although I was one of the people during the feedback episode that was like, kind of doesn't feel as dangerous as it used to be right before like all hell broke loose with group A and the runaway cart in group b and i was like oh okay spoke too soon um so overall i think i prefer arc two but there is a certain epicness to arc one where there are bits of that that i really loved and um especially like, the one that always stands out to me is the lock for arc with group four because uh, that was so tense and and that really kept me hooked for a long time um Duncan's later arc, even though it was so sporadic, I'm really fond of because I think Dan was really bringing a lot of good comedy at that point. Uh, And it's a shame that, you know, he wasn't able to continue on after a while. Um, Yeah, that was kind of a frustrating part of uh, of that for sure. And I know there's questions that pop up on the Facebook every once in a while, like, did I miss a group? one episode like what happened that happens every couple months right because that 
that part of group one is just kind of a mess mm -hmm. listening back so. but i mean really there are I, I don't know that there's so many story arcs that particularly are my favorite parts because i think it's more moments here and there that really stand out to me that i remember very fondly other than other than the lock for arc i can't think of a whole arc which is like this is my great love of dnr it's more things like um i thought diana's first episode the entrance with thorold dropping his pants in the street that was one of the funniest things i'd ever heard at the time um the whole battle of white wolf valley i thought was very memorable um a lot of the group three stuff although group three frustrated the crap out of me a lot of the time but they also were the driving force behind it quite a lot too so um yeah they're just bits and pieces here and there and and as a whole i love the show but i i, I guess other than the lock for arc i can't really point to anything maybe elorath and sloth fever in arc two that whole arc was was fun yeah um, I, that was something steve and i talked a little bit about and i wonder like what kind of was the plan to put in front of that group because that probably wasn't it, right? Like a trek across the desert and like there had to be some other hooks for the group. But... Yeah, I imagine so. But then that just took priority. Right. <laughs> so what did we leave behind that we haven't gotten back to, I wonder, but that's okay. Um, I think I think you just answered two questions at once. So Oh, did I? That's <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll we'll go back to this a couple of these silly ones that I plan to have every time. So if you could build a dream group of DNR characters for some kind of one shot, um, who would you put in it? And it's timeline be damned. So whoever the heck you want. Well, I have two answers to this. I'm, I actually just started playing Icewind Dale again, and I created a group of DNR characters to do that. Um, but I was a bit limited because with Icewind Dale, you didn't have the option of tieflings or dragonborn or or those kind of things it was the more more traditional so in that party i've got maddie elorath ubo larg amvin and tatiana that's i'm currently playing through icewind dale with that group now if i was putting together a group for which it could include the tieflings and the dragonborn and the other races um i think it's hard to overlook malchus um I know that people didn't really care for Diana a lot, and especially I think in fourth edition, her combat powers made things kind of difficult. Uh, but I would put Diana in there because I just have a special place for Diana in my heart, and I know I'm in the minority on that one. Um, I think that Calden and Braylon can't really be separated, so I'd put both of them in there. And I really love Al Elrath as one of my favorites. Then I add one more to that. Maybe I'd actually have a group of seven because again, Ephany and Amvin, even though Amvin's out in his own now, Ephany and Amvin always kind of stick together for me. So I think those seven were, would be a, an interesting group. It's so hard though. There's so many combinations. Yeah. And I feel like I've missed out on some characters I really loved. Yeah, Hondo. I, I love Hondo. Hmm. Maybe that's one I don't agree with, but um, I, <laughs> I, I did like Diana, and I think part of that is just um, I tend to want to play the characters kind of like Diana, like not the racist thing, but uh, 
you know, that like battlefield controller sort of thing is the kind of character I'm kind of drawn to. I feel to, like so. the racist thing kind of gets a little overblown. There was a lot of really interesting stuff that never got mined with Diana for one reason or another. Um, and I think towards the end of her run, uh, when she like murdered the people in the alley and had a complete breakdown, I was really interested to see where that went. And I hope we get to see more of her now uh, that she's kind of come back on the show for a guest appearance and I mean, we find out what's going on there with Tessia. So, yeah, that's cool. Also, um, my wife and I played um, Icewind Dale back in the day, and I have I've bought it on the like the iPad, and I haven't played it yet. I bought all of those remastered games recently. Yeah, and maybe this gives me some motivation to do it. I can roll up the NR part. Yeah. I, didn't think I played Baldur's so. Gate and Baldur's Gate to the whole saga, beginning to end, with the join up stuff. It took me a few months, um, and. I only had to cheat for the final fight because as far as I'm concerned, it's completely impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't played those in so long. So I tried to play on my phone and it's just too small. I can't do it. It's so. really hard on the phone. I tried that too, but it's almost impossible. I think it can be done on the iPad probably a lot easier. Yeah. So, okay, let's keep going here. Um, if you lived in theory, uh, where would you live and what would you be doing? Oh, part of me says I'd love to be like doing the adventurer life and going from town to town, but I know myself too well for that, and I would be miserable because that's not who I am, and I don't really enjoy the outdoors that much most of the time. So I think probably Fair Bay because it's probably the safest place, and I'd probably I don't know run a tavern or a small bookshop or something like that in Fair Bay. Um, yeah, that that's more more like it. Maybe Ebony Harbor. I don't know. Um, but I'd, I, I imagine I'd stay away from the more dangerous areas and I'd try and live the quiet life. Yeah, that makes sense. I also, um, I don't know how much we know about Ebony Harbor either. So Yeah, we haven't visited it too it. much. Umin yeah. Euro's appealing because I have spent most of my life in education one way or another, so I could see myself in Umin Euro like, doing study, but yeah, that would be the, the most exotic I'd go, I think. Okay. Um, Here's one, and maybe you already answered it, but maybe not. Of which character from DNR do you wish had had more time on the show? Oh boy! Um... I wow. could probably name That's ten. A really hard one. I, I had so many answers for this, and I can't narrow it down very easily. Um... But you can give two or three if you want. Yeah, I mean, Hondo would be one of the ones that would would uh, pop out there. I. Would have liked to have seen Duncan's arc play out to its end, at least, or at least to a better stopping point. But obviously, that wasn't able to happen. Um, we've already talked about Diana. Uh, I think I I would have liked to have seen Kaluna have a slightly more drawn out uh, end to her arc. It, it you know for perfectly valid reasons it it had to end when it did and it just it was a it felt a little bit rushed um out of necessity i guess so i think that's really more than having characters have more time in the show i just I, i'd like to see a lot of characters have had their um finale on the show be able to be drawn out a little bit more to just wrap it up a bit nicer but yeah, that makes sense. nature of the beast. So, yeah, I think when you think about this question, it's not going to be somebody that was only on two or three episodes, right? It's going to be I was really attached to this person, yeah, character, and I wish they were still there. So when you named the first ones, like in my head, I went 
and Kaluna. And then you said Kaluna. (laughs) There are a few that that jump out. And I, I, if for no other reason than the making fun of the name, Sassoon springs to mind as uh, that could have, I could have enjoyed that joke going on for a few more episodes. Yeah. I just couldn't pronounce it or understand it. Well, nobody could. That was the fun. (laughs) Um, Okay. Here's, Part of the reason I think that you're on here now is that you're in the Patreon game. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that like? Like, I know you play once a month. Like, how long yeah. do you play? What do you play? Like, um, I am playing uh, a monk in the Patreon game, a human monk. Um, and the kind of concept I had for my character was that he was a scion. And he actually had originated on Alara and hurt people he loved because he wasn't able to control his powers so he kind of fled to Atheus and holed up in a monastery for 25 years and then eventually realized his psionic powers had gone and emerged into the world and uh, uh, we've been playing mostly on Atheus or entirely on Atheus I guess Um, and it's so much fun it's uh, I mean everyone knows that Jason's a fantastic dungeon master just from listening but um, in the game, you kind of really work out why, because his attention to detail is just spot on, and you, he picks up on things that I wish I did as a dungeon master sometimes, um, just like little throwaway things that come back and um, allow you to develop your storyline a little bit. And he's also really good at teasing out people who are a little more nervous um, and getting them involved in the game. So I think we've all heard that on the show as well. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely true. So many of the like the Arc One people had never played D and D before, right? And yeah. he got them playing. I think Jason has a real talent for that. So yeah, and it was I mean, it's as with I think everyone in the Patreon game, it's it's really just right place, right time. Um, you know, I happened to log on to Facebook just after a spot came up, and and they started the second Patreon game and. Even then, I thought I was going to be a bit late for it, so I feel very lucky that I was able to to land that spot. Um, okay. But yeah, it's it's been everything I hoped it would be. It's really enjoyable. Yeah, um, I just had a like a maybe you can't answer, but are there things that maybe Jason tries with you guys like before they make it to the show, like a different mechanic or like I'm going to try this crit table on you guys? Yeah, I think there's an element of that. I mean, we were, we started out as a group of vampires and I think there was definitely some play testing of the, the vampire mechanics going on there. Um, as it's turned out, everyone else got cured and I'm the only one that's remaining a vampire, which is unfortunate since I think I was the least enthusiastic about being a vampire in the first place. Um, But yeah, there's a little bit, I think, of that that, that's going on. Nothing that I've seen majorly pop up on the show, but I think, you know, things that he wants to try out, we probably, the patron groups are, are a good place to kind of experiment a little bit, so. Yeah, that just made sense to me, so. I assume maybe a little bit. Of it's that not. Before. It's certainly not intrusive to our game, um, or apparent that that's what he's doing. But it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, I'd do it if I was DMing it. <laughs> I do with my groups. So. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, uh, you you play in slash run quite a few groups. I think. Um, mm-hmm. How many groups are you playing in and running right now? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go into a ton of detail about them. Let's but see. I am DMing four groups currently i think that's right one two three yeah 
Um, it was it was three, but I split one of them up because it was seven people is actually really difficult to run for. Um, and I still have a group of seven, but I kind of want the storyline to lead to the splitting them up into two groups. Uh, one of them's a father-son game I do with my son and his friends and their dads. Um, and then I have three online games running currently. Technically, I suppose four, but one of them is just a sort of one-shot thing that I do if I have to cancel last minute or if we don't have enough players for a slot. And we actually haven't played that one for two or three months now. Um, so yeah, they're on my own homebrew world, which is called Gond, G-O-N-D-E. Um, there is a, a very badly organized wiki for it up on World Anvil. Um, and I... I'm adding to it faster than I can keep up with the wiki currently. So I have a lot of uh, small articles or just fragments to keep track of. And I'm trying to bring it all together a little bit in sort of Therian style of multiple groups in the same world, although knowing that the chances of me doing crossovers are slim to none. Um, but yeah, that's I, I, it, it was entirely Theria inspired and it's kind of uh, exploded way beyond where I ever expected it to be. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was um, if you played before you started listening to the show. Um, I did. I'd been on a long kind of break from it. I actually started, well, I started role-playing games back in 1990-ish with Middle-earth role-playing, which is kind okay. of like role master light, I guess. Um, and then in college, I started playing AD&D 2nd Edition, so Thaco and all that good stuff from back in the day. Um, and I was really into 3rd Edition, transitioned over to Pathfinder. And actually, when I got back into listening to DNR, I was still... I hadn't played Pathfinder in a long time, but I um, started up a Pathfinder campaign. And listening to Arc 2, it seemed that 5e was just a little um, easier to deal with than Pathfinder. Pathfinder's kind of grown to the point now where it's actually kind of difficult to keep track of all the possibilities and there's still a lot of love about it but fifth edition is by far the most streamlined rpg i've ever played okay yeah um let's keep moving here i guess so uh i kind of feel bad about this next question so i don't even know <laughs> if i should ask but um you're kind of notorious for uh your luck of rob here like yeah so, uh, the curse did that, mm. did that break on March the 4th? I think somebody said it was going to. I think uh, the Sheik's kind of uh, assigned that as a, um arbitrary date. It was exactly a month after my car crash. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I seem to touch wood have been going along just fine recently. So I, I, you know, the joke now is that I passed it on to Abby Normal. By wishing her good luck and she's had a horrible run of luck since then um so maybe it is maybe maybe the the dnr curse is a thing and i've just had my time with it and passed it on okay yeah let's not <laughs> let's not go too deep into that but if, <laughs> if anybody hasn't listened to was it the last gmt where they yeah read your story mm -hmm. yeah should go back and listen to that yeah, year. it's lengthy, but I couldn't tell it any shorter than that because it was just such a ludicrous run of bad luck that um, that I need. I felt the need to tell the story. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, is there anything kind of like exciting going on in your life this year? Like 
outside of the DNR Discord? Mm, there's a few things. I'm, I've gotten back into going to conventions, like DragonCon kind of kickstarted that for me last year. Um, so I'm going to play through a gaming convention in Raleigh, North Carolina later this month. And that's going to be my son's first kind of big-ish convention. It's nowhere near DragonCon size, but it's a couple of thousand people. Um, and then, of course, DragonCon is the big plan for later this year. I'm going back to Scotland for a couple of weeks in the summer. I'm looking forward to that um i'm actually theater even though it's in my username is uh, it's kind of fallen by the wayside i re realized recently it's been over a year since i've done any theater which is a record for me since i was like 13. so i'm kind of getting the itch to get back on stage again maybe something later this year yeah maybe that's something i should have asked more about with the username <laughs> thing so i guess theater's been a thing that you've been into most of your life, sounds like? Yeah, my first stage appearance was in the Nutcracker when I was nine years old with Scottish Ballet. And I was not a dancer, I hasten to add. I was, uh, they, they had kids singing as snowflakes. Um, and then my sister kind of mm, tricked me into trying out for the school play um, when I was about 12. And it just never looked back after that. I've been averaging three to five plays a year since then. I think I'm, I think I just did my 115th show was my last one. Um, and that includes like directing, producing. I've published a couple of plays. I've had my plays performed in New York, Ohio, Washington State, Scotland, North Carolina, Maryland. I'm missing a couple there. Uh, and a couple of my plays were published. So I've basically anything in that happens in theatre I've done at some point. I'm less on the technical sides, but writer, director, producer, actor more than anything else. Um, yeah, I've done it pretty much all. I spent 20 years, that was my career, so. <laughs> wow, yeah, it seems like there's more we could talk about there, but. Um, oh yeah, that could yeah. be a whole other podcast <laughs> on its own. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting. I have, so I teach, right, teach math, and uh, mm -hmm. there's a, we have one, we have a guy that teaches a film class down the hall and basically he teaches film because we don't have a theater program, <laughs> right. but his history is very similar to, to yours, although maybe not quite as, um, quite as much there, but, um, I, I like talking to him about all the things that he's done and the people that he's met and he worked in Hollywood for a while. Yeah. As, as and, part of the Scottish so theatre community, I have these sort of like I loose connections to semi-famous people. Um, and that's why I, I always win at Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, because I think I can get there in like two moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, okay, so uh, we are pretty much done. Uh, the last part of this is just I asked you if you had a couple other people that you'd like to suggest, and I kind of asked for two just so... I have a little bit of a backlog and because maybe not everybody wants to do this and I don't sure. know a lot of people. So um, I don't know if you thought about that at all, but I did. Um, I was thinking maybe Ken, uh, Kumo, Ken Curran. Um, yep. I think he'd have a lot to talk about. He's got, I, I know he's got a couple of uh, projects in the pipe coming up. And then my second was, um, Cole. I thought that would be really interesting to hear him talk. I mean, everyone knows his artwork and uh, and 
has enjoyed hearing from him on the Discord for the last what year and a bit. So yeah, those yeah, were my two so, nominations. Interesting thing there. I was expecting you to say Ken, and <laughs> uh, I was ready for that. And then Cole was somebody that I was not expecting anyone to say, but I was just kind of asking on my own. So because <laughs> <laughs> um, I I know very little about art, but um, as one of the only people ever to be on the DNR payroll. I thought yeah. it'd be fun to have him on. So, um, yeah, so those are really good. And I will try to make those happen. So um, thanks, Rob, for coming by. I don't know what we're at. Maybe oh, about so welcome. 30 minutes. And uh, I will talk to you again. We have another D&D game in a couple of weeks. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. I will be playing from a hotel room again this time <laughs> with my mother-in-law there. So yeah, and you're you're in the group of seven, so I think we're probably moving towards making that into two groups of four, and I'll be adding another player down the roads. But you have to get out of your current situation first. So. Yeah, or we could you could just kill four of us. That's another option. <laughs> so. Okay, thanks, Rob. Talk to you you're later. Welcome. Bye.